Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And let's face it, uh, it really should be all of our business about what's going on with the regulatory burden in this country, how uh, government regulations impact us financially and impact innovation and growth and, and really very important factors that are all part of uh, economic sustainability. And one of my favorite people to talk to about all things economics is my guest in this segment, Casey Mulligan. He is uh, with the University of Chicago, a professor of economics, a former chief economist for the President's Council of Economic Advisors, and the author of one of the most interesting books I've seen on Donald Trump. And the reason why I think it's so interesting is uh, because of the fact that it brings a, a really nuanced look at the Trump administration that is, frankly, really hard to find. Everyone has an axe to grind when it comes to Donald Trump, and certainly he has his biases, uh, but there are also, uh, there's also a lot of nuance in his work. Uh, always glad to have you on, Casey. Welcome back to the program, and Happy New Year. Why don't you take a moment to talk about your work at, at the University of Chicago, Chicago your book, and how uh, online people can get your book, and welcome. Yeah, happy new year, Kevin. The um yeah, the book is a 2020 book, but we're in an unusual situation where we have 4 years later uh the same president running for the same office again. And I think you can expect a lot of the same personnel. So, um it it's really a very timely book becoming more timely uh in this election year. And, you know, the reason I wrote it, I I was working in the White House and I didn't really see people telling the truth. Uh, there were Trump fans who were exaggerating or maybe they weren't there. Um, and then, of course, plenty of anti-Trump. And, you know, I, I'm an academic. I think it's important to have a solid record of what happened. Um, and yet on top of it, that Mr. Trump is so entertaining, even if you don't like him, he's He's got so much going on, uh, such a an unusual person that the raw material was uh, fun to work with. So I think people really enjoy reading that. And I have a website for that, yourhiredtrump.com. And the book's called Your Hired. Yourhiredtrump.com. It's, it's really very interesting. Very, again, very nuanced and uh, no question bias. You can't be as close to a situation as you were without uh, developing a bias. That's just the reality. Um, but a, a great attempt at nuance and to pr provide perspective and really more timely now than it has been maybe since 2020. So people should check that out. Great topic today. We're going to talk about the economic impact of regulations. We hear constantly that government should do this, government should curtail that, we need more regulations about this. And we tend to, I think, look, most Americans, I think most people tend to look at um, regulation as if, it, as if it took place in a vacuum. But the reality is it's got far-reaching consequences beyond the intended consequences, the, the secondary effects, if you will, that I think very few talk about. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be a great conversation today. Why don't you set the stage for us? By the way, a great article, which we'll be referring to at uh, – priceofbusiness.com that you had at the National Review will provide a lot of insights. But set the stage for us. 
Yeah, I, I uh, submitted that most recent article because a new uh, study came out. Uh, very interesting and unusual study, so I thought it was worth telling people about it. It's by uh, Professor Mark Crane, and he He's been doing this sort of study for 25 years, so that's one thing that makes it unusual that you can track um, with more or less the same study the cost of regulation in the United States federal at the federal level uh, going back that far. I don't, I don't know that there's any other way um, to do it. So that is interesting. And it's really a couple studies in one. He... Um, one thing he does is he interviews uh, or surveys manufacturers, and he asks them about the burden of complying with regulation. Um, and he finds a couple of interesting findings there. Um, Forty or fifty thousand dollars a year they're spending per employee uh, complying with regulation. And that's a quite a high number. He also looks at the rest of the economy in a different study that I'll mention, and that uh, the manufacturers it's particularly high compliance. And he, um, the other thing he's able to do with that survey is compare across types of manufacturers, and particularly he finds the burden uh, quite a bit higher for the small manufacturers than the big ones on a per employee basis. And this is one of the things we've always suspected that regulation really undermines competition because making it tough to be a small player, uh, you really need a department of regulatory compliance these days. And, you know, the, the small uh, companies don't have that kind of specialty by almost by definition of being small. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, and then there's this whole dynamic of protectionism that's done by the larger companies through, um, uh, you know, the, the way they actually manipulate and control uh, the regulatory process to their advantage. They call it regulatory capture, right? No question. When I worked in the White House and we were um, deregulating a lot um, and you know, there's a process you, you follow. You know, the, the president just can't go up there and start ripping up pages. There's a legal process. And part of the process, you have to uh, hear comments from people affected by it and even take meetings with people affected by it. And we always had the big companies coming into those meetings saying, you know, this regulation, we kind of liked it. And, you know, please don't get rid of it. Um, so there's no question that that goes in there. A lot of these regulations, uh, maybe the big companies don't like them, but they see, wow, there's a real silver lining to this regulation, which is it's going to really crush my little competitors. Um, so that's a pattern, not just in manufacturing. You know, that's in telecommunications, healthcare, uh, particularly in my sector. Um, I hope my president and provost aren't listening, but in my sector, we... Um, the Department of Education is putting on all kind of regulations to um, make it difficult for upstart colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, you know, you've seen it throughout history, and we hear a lot. I, I think back in, in uh, George H.W. Bush years where uh, we were hearing a lot about, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, that companies can comply with the changes they did at, at the gas pumps 
or uh, with making uh, ADA compliance. All this is doable, that it's pro-business. Pro well, a lot of it was pro-business, not pro-small business, uh, because the kind of approach they took that was so specific that they for for compliance literally put the mom and dad uh, mom and dad mom and pop sorry I can't speak today mom and pop uh, gas stations out of business many of them went out of business as a result of that and uh, it, it was an example of how uh, big business leverages regulation in to their own advantage and yet somehow it gets framed as popular with business. And the other thing I found interesting about that uh, Professor Crane study and that compliance, you know, one of the things, I think it is one of the kind of facts of, uh, of government, it's easier for them to monitor the bigger businesses, whether it be in tax compliance or regulatory compliance. Um, you know, if they if they want to say that, you know, that they're helping X number of workers or they're having X effect on the market, um, it's, you know, the big ones are easier because big ones, it's kind of one-stop shopping in terms of ensuring compliance. So I, there's a tendency there to think, well, maybe the big companies will spend more on compliance because they have the government keeping a closer eye on them. But that doesn't show up in his data. I mean, it may be a factor, but it's overwhelmed by other factors that really disproportionately pile the burden on the smaller businesses. And and by small, he meant particularly less than 50 employees, but also less than 100 employees. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the cost per household. I found that number startling. And and by the way, in that cost of house, household, um, you know, there it, it's about higher prices. It's about taxation, indirect costs. But, I mean, there's a lot there not even measured, like innovation that wasn't developed because of the cost of regulation that could have driven down prices even further, the stuff that's impossible to quantify. I look at the number you used in the article and what was done in the uh, crane work uh, to be pretty conservative, actually, and it's a huge number. Talk a little bit about that. Well, he, yeah, well, he has another study within that same release that came out. So the... Uh, one of the problems with the manufacturing study is it only measures compliance. Um, you know, costs spent on compliance. And I give the example of the stay-at-home orders. You know, how long did it take you to read the one page that your state health department said you're not allowed to be open? You know, not, not long. It wasn't that costly in some narrow compliance sense. But the opportunities missed were tremendous. And it, as he discusses, that manufacturing survey doesn't cover those lost opportunities. But he did another study comparing countries um, and their economic performance, and that does capture these kind of opportunity costs. Um, and that's where um, he saw a particularly high per-household uh, number. Now, his baseline there wasn't... You know, there's no country that has no regulation. Or maybe they do, but it would be a chaotic country that you wouldn't have economic data. But he, he asked, well, what if the United States were to cut back its regulation and be more like some of the less regulated European countries, which surprisingly are uh, mainly Scandinavian countries? I think he had Iceland in there, um, Denmark, a couple others um, being the least regulated. 
and he found um, that U.S. would have trillions of dollars more income if we just had our level of regulation rather than theirs. Wow, that's interesting. And, you know, and again, one of the big challenges for U.S. businesses, we love our federal system, and there are certainly advantages to that. The idea of a one-size-fit-all government is, uh, frankly, very divisive, not to mention inefficient. But there's also inefficiency with essentially four levels of government when you get down to it, right? Federal, state, county, and city. A lot of times they're in conflict with one another. Uh, one another. That alone creates additional co- costs for compliance. Yeah, you know, you've hit on a problem I haven't really satisfactorily digested. Um, we grappled with it in, in the Trump administration, particularly that the California had a one set of rules for automobile sales there, very strict. And you know, the rest of the country didn't have those rules. Even President Obama didn't have those rules for the country as a whole. And we were grappling with, you know, what is it worth to tell California they can't do that? And it's kind of going against the federalist, not kind of, it goes against the federalist system. On the other hand, California was really lowering a lot of pain on consumers outside their state. And, and we see it now. They're, they're doing it also in food manufacturing and other areas. Um, and I'm not quite sure how to uh, balance that. Um, the, the, the federalism has, is a two-edged sword on regulation. Yes, no question about it. Final thoughts as you begin to wrap it up, any takeaways for the listener? And I want to, again, encourage people to check out the article, which we'll make available over at uh, the link to at uh, priceofbusiness.com. Final thoughts? Well, I think it's interesting to watch the presidential candidates well, on the Democratic side, I guess they're not allowed to talk, but on, on the Republican side, they're getting into these regulation issues. And maybe next week we can get into one where, strangely, they all agree they want to uh, relax regulations that prevent the import of prescription drugs from Canada. So that, that's a very interesting idea and worth exploring in an episode. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you can see a lot of unintended consequences with uh, the, even considering that policy that I think is worth exploring. Always love having you on the program. Look forward to really talking uh, to you throughout this year and the election year about uh, ju- the juxtapositions between the two candidates that end up uh, having the nomination, whoever they might be. Always love talking to you. Look forward to our next chats, uh, ch- chat. Uh, Casey Mulligan, Dr. Casey Mulligan from the University of Chicago. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a good day, Kevin. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show.